we're going to come around the Word of God together right now. And I love the Word of God. And I love as we look into what God has to say. And maybe you're joining us uh, online this, this week. Maybe last week at Easter time was your first time that you joined us online. And if you're, if you're back again, I want to say a big welcome. Maybe uh, you prayed a prayer last week of inviting Christ into your heart and saying, I want to follow God. I want to do life God's way with that relationship. If you did, I'm so proud of you if you've done it in the last little while. And what I would always say to anybody who's made that decision to become a Christian and to begin to walk in that relationship with God, I'd always say two things. The first is this, is just keep coming to church. And I know right now church is coming to you, but just keep tuning in, keep, keep listening, keep being part of our online church family. That's the first thing I'd say. And the second thing I'd say is to do an Alpha course. An Alpha course is a, is a small course that runs for about six weeks. It's, it's one of the most watched courses around the world. And it just simply talks about who Jesus was, looks at the, the, the Bible, answers the questions that many of us have. And it's a great introduction to having a relationship with God. That's Alpha and I'd love you. And uh, more details of that will come up on the screen because we'd love you to join Alpha. Uh, during the week, I was reading my Bible early in the morning. And as I read my Bible, I've got, got to admit, I was a little bit probably sleepy, a little bit dozy, and I wasn't fully taking it all in. And I got to this part of my, my reading of the Bible where it said this in Deuteronomy. It was, and it just said, So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand and powerful arm, with overwhelming terror and with miraculous signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land flowing of milk and honey. Now, when I read this, I just paused for a moment. I'm like, oh, that's, they're in the promised land. And they're testifying about being in the promised land. And then I thought, hang on a minute. I'm reading Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is not when they get into the promised land. That's the walking around in the wilderness part. That's before they get into the promised land. Joshua is when they go into the promised land. So why are they talking about God bringing us into a place flowing with milk and honey in Deuteronomy? So I went back and I woke up a little bit and I went back and I began to read it. And as I read it, I realized it was God talking to the children of Israel who'd, who'd come out of Egypt, spent 40 years wandering in the desert, and he was preparing them for the day when they would be in their promised land. And he, and he literally said, after you've been in your promised land for quite a while, and you've got your first crops and they've harvested and you've, you own all this land and you've taken possession of it, I want you to bring the, the fruit of the, of the crops, the first fruits, to the place that I designate for my holy temple. And I want you to bring it to before the priests and I want you to bring it to thank God. And he said, and then I want you to say these words. And I'm going to read it all out of Deuteronomy 26, 5 to 9. He says, this is what I want you to say when that happens. You must then say in the presence of the Lord your God, my ancestor Jacob was a wandering Aramean who went to live as a foreigner in Egypt. His family arrived few in number, but in Egypt they became a large and mighty nation, that's the Israelites. When the Egyptians oppressed and humiliated us by making us their slaves, we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. He heard our cries and saw our hardship, toil and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand and powerful arm, with overwhelming terror and with miraculous signs and wonders. And he brought us to this place and gave us this land flowing with milk and honey. 
And I'm like, oh my gosh, God is talking to his people before they're in their promised land, preparing their testimony for them so that they've got written down what God wants them to say when they literally come into their promised land. He's like, you've got, you've got to get your focus on this and you've got to be ready to go. It's God teaching his children the language of faith. And even as I wrote that scripture down in my journal, uh, the Lord began to speak to my heart. And I wrote this, this phrase down, the language of faith. I believe God wants us to learn the language of faith. And so we're beginning a series today called The Language of Faith. And today I'm going to preach about preparing your testimony. I believe in this season of our lives more than any other time there's so much fear in the world there's so much uncertainty there's so much lack of clarity there's there's isolation there's loneliness there's financial fear there's there's sickness and fear of sickness there's 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 so much mental health challenges so much fear going on all around the place I believe it's in this time that God wants you and I to be making sure we're speaking the language of heaven and the language of heaven is the language of faith The language of faith accesses heaven's power. The language of faith has power to create something out of nothing. The language of faith takes us into a higher reality. The Bible says when you're a Christian that you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. The Bible tells us that God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And the language of faith gets us into that heavenly place where we're looking down on all of the circumstances, but we're speaking the same things that God is speaking. Now, when you begin as a new Christian and when you begin to learn that the language and the culture of heaven is different to the culture on this, on this earth, it's a little bit awkward at first. The culture of the world is to, to complain, it's to, to speak negatively. There's, that, that's the kind of vibe of, of, of this world. And, but, but God's culture is completely different. It's not to be complaining or to be negative. It's to be real, but it's to speak in line with the way God sees and, and things. And it won't come naturally initially. It's a little bit like I remember the first time that we visited America. And of course, in America, we hired an RV, a 27-foot RV, I think it was. Of course, we did. And we're on the, the, the left hand, like I'm literally not driving in the right-hand side of the car, but I'm driving on the left-hand side. And I'm picking up this RV in the middle of a massive city, and I drive it into New York, and, and I'm on the wrong side of the road. And very quickly, I learned that although this wasn't natural for me, I'm, I'm used to changing gears with my left hand. I'm used to driving on a different side of the road. If I focused and concentrated, it became it became okay and quite normal. And before you know it, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was just driving on the other side of the road. I had to concentrate at first, but after a while, it became second nature. And learning to speak the language of heaven, the language of faith, won't come second nature initially. You will have to concentrate. You will have to be aware of what you're speaking. You'll have to be aware of your words. But if we want to align with God and experience the miraculous that he has for us, then we need to learn heaven's language, the language of faith. And so today, I want to talk about the power of your testimony. I love this. Not just the power, but preparing your testimony. You see, when those Israelites were in a dusty, dry place that they'd been for 40 years, it would have been easy for them to think, we're never going to get into the promised land. And the giants and the obstacles are way too big. There's no way we're going to, what God said is going to come to, play, come to come to pass. But what they did is they began, and God deliberately and strategically 
got them to start to think about what they would say when the promise came to pass. He got them to lift their eyes off their current problems and think about the testimony that they would speak in the future. He got them to prepare their testimony. And I want to tell somebody who's watching this today that this, this week, maybe today after the service, maybe, maybe sometime during the week, you're going to sit down and think about something that's where, the, where the circumstances aren't the way they should be, something where you need God to do a miracle and you're going to begin to prepare your testimony because you're preparing your testimony will get you thinking and speaking the language of faith. I love testimonies. I loved hearing Amy and Jesse's testimony a little bit earlier. And we, in every service, we make sure we give an opportunity for someone to testify what God's done in their life. Whether it's the transformation that's come into their heart because they've begun a relationship with God. And maybe today you don't have a relationship with God. At the end of this sermon, I'm going to lead you in a prayer where you could make a commitment of your life to, to walking with Christ and having Him in your heart. And it would change everything. And we have those testimonies very often. Other times we have testimonies of supernatural healing. The healing that God's brought into people's lives. Other times it's a testimony of provision or breakthrough that God's done in someone's world. Some kind of miracle. What I love about testimonies, the Hebrew word for testimony is literally do it again. Do it again, God. And I love it that if you're part of our church family, C3 Powerhouse, you're able to go as a tither or as a, someone who serves, or someone who gives into vision builders, you're able to sit there as you hear that testimony and go, I'm part of that transformed life. I'm part of that miracle. I'm part of that story of healing. I'm creating an atmosphere for God's miraculous power. Or maybe you're watching and you're like, I'm in that same circumstance. Or my family member's away from God. Or someone I'm praying for. And faith will come to your heart as you hear their testimony. What God's done for them, He can do for you. Testimonies are powerful. They're, they're super powerful. The language of faith prepares a testimony in advance. There's a great uh, young woman in our movement in C3. and her, She's a pastor. Her name's Gemma Webb. And she went for 10 years on a, on a journey of infertility, was unable to have a baby. And during that time, God spoke to her heart promises that she would have a baby. And her, her and her husband went on this journey, and they didn't call it the journey of infertility. They called it a journey of promise because they were focused on the promises of God. And she wrote a book. And in the book, before she had a baby, she wrote a book of how to hang on to God's promises in a dark season and in a testing season. What a, what a, and it was a book of a testimony that finished with God giving them a child. And after 10 years of this journey of the promise, they had a baby, they had a child. Uh, it was only a couple of years ago. I love that. How's that for faith, writing a book? That was a testimony of something that, the, that everything said was impossible, but God's promise said is possible. Prepare your testimony. Prepare your testimony. I want to talk about three things that happen when we prepare our testimony. Three things that will happen as you don't just prepare it, but you start speaking it. You start praying it as if it's already happened. The first thing that's going to happen is it will lift your focus. It'll lift your focus. Uh, the, the, the situation that you might be praying about might simply be this. You're believing for a family member to come to Christ or come back to Christ. Uh, someone you know in your workplace or school or neighborhood, you're believing for their salvation and it needs a miracle of God. Maybe you're believing for a reconciliation 
in some relationship. There's been a breakdown and the miracle you want to see is reconnection with someone that you've been estranged from. Maybe there's a dream in your heart and it looks impossible. It might be a ministry dream or, or some kind of dream for a career and you know it's from God and you've had promises and, and you need to see a miracle and you need to prepare your testimony. Maybe it's for healing. Maybe it's to get into your own home. Maybe it's for a financial breakthrough or for something for your business. Maybe it's for a life partner. Maybe it's for friendships because you feel so lonely, but you need a miracle. Can I encourage you today that it's time to start to prepare your testimony? And I'll tell you how to do that in a few moments, but this is what it does do. It lifts your focus. When you prepare your testimonies, instead of focusing on the pain, instead of focusing on the problems, we begin to lock in on the promise of God, what God has said. And when I begin to see what God said, when I begin to see things through God's eyes, things start to shift. My eyes come up and instead of, instead of feeling the heaviness of my problem and my pain, I begin to see what God is up to, what God is doing. I love this in Romans 4 verse 17. It says, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as, they, as though they did. God, when He talks, He's speaking that that thing might be a problem right now, might be a pain right now, but it's actually going to come to pass. I can see it coming to pass. I, I love this book. Uh, it's by Dr. Yongi Cho. It's called The Fourth Dimension. It's a fantastic book. And I would recommend that every Christian reads this book. Dr. Cho was the leader of the world's largest church for, for 50 or 60 years in Seoul, Korea, a church of almost a million people. And he wrote this book called The Fourth Dimension. Uh, and really, it's about understanding the language of faith. Really, it's about understanding the way that prayer works from, from God's point of view. And there's a story in it that I really love that illustrates this point of lifting your focus from the problem to the promise of God. He talked to a, a woman who was distraught. She was about 50 years old, quite young, really, if you ask me. 50 is quite young. Uh, some of you might disagree, but I'm almost there. And this woman, uh, in her difficulty, was talking about her daughter. She said, my sons are doing great. My husband's doing great, but my daughter's become a hippie. And she's turned away from God and, and she's started to sleep with different men. She's become a prostitute. She sleep with friends of my husband. She sleep with uh, friends of my sons and, and they just don't want to go out in public. They're so shamed by what she's done. And she said, I don't know why God's not answering my prayer. And Dr. Cho began to speak to her and said, well, when you think of your daughter, how do you see her? And she described it and he said, you see her as a prostitute and that, then therefore you're praying, condemning prayers on her. He said, you need to change your focus. And he, be, he said, you need to get a new mental blueprint of her. She said, but I can't do that. How do I do that? He said, well, you've got to see her through the cross of Jesus Christ. You've got to see her that when Jesus died on that cross, it was so that all of her pain and all of her sin and all of her hurt could be forgiven. And if you would see her like that, God would give you a different picture. And they began to pray and she began to see her cleansed through Jesus' blood as a new creation. Began to see her the other side of a miracle. Something amazing happened. Her daughter woke up uh, a couple of weeks later. She was in a hotel room with a strange man and she woke up feeling very convicted and very guilty and unworthy. And, and in her heart she thought, I need to go back to my, my parents' home, but they'll reject me. They think I'm, I'm a terrible sinner. But she, get, she came home and the mother who had been praying for a few weeks through this picture of what her daughter looked like through the cross, through God's promises, had a new picture of her. Her mother saw her and her heart, instead of being filled with judgment, 
was filled with love. And she gave her this beautiful big hug and she welcomed her in. And, and, and her daughter was so shocked by it, she started to go with, to church with her. And she began to experience God's love and God's healing power. And God began to set her free from all of the, the things that were holding her into her past. And Dr. Cho tells this story that she went on to get completely free of her addictions. And she went on to get married, to have three of her own children, to become one of the church's great evangelists, to become one of the, the great small group leaders in the church, simply because a mom began to lift her focus by preparing a testimony of this is how my daughter's going to look like when she gets saved. And I want to encourage you today, whatever you are facing right now, whatever's difficult, begin to, if you were to write your testimony, well, I see this happening and I see this happening and I see God doing this. It'll be amazing what will happen when your focus shifts up above the problems. The second thing preparing your testimony will do is it'll shift your posture. I love this. It'll shift your posture. All right, watch this. The Harvard scientists did a, a research, and in that research, they, they, they got two groups of people to go into a job interview. And if you've ever been for a job interview, it's a nerve-wracking experience. And before they went into the job interview, they got one group uh, to, to hold a particular posture and the other group to do nothing. And what the, the group that they got to come in, they said, the, the posture we want you to hold is a superhero posture. It's like a, a power posture. And so, so they, they got them to stand up. And so they would stand up and they lifted, lifted up their hands uh, and as, as if they just won a victory. Or the, the, the Superman pose is like, okay. And they had to hold it for two minutes. Like stick your chest out uh, or, or some kind of pose. Like, <clears throat> but they had to hold it for two minutes, all right? And then moving into this posture did something quite amazing to their chemistry to the hormones in their body, uh, just two minutes. The testosterone increased by 20% and the, the cortisol or stress hormone dropped by 25%. They measured them after they came out of the interview. Now, as, as a result of this simple posture change, something changed in them and they all of them did extremely well in the interview compared to the other group who did no change. A simple change of posture, that might work for some of you at home. Come on, it's time you put on your, your well, I don't know about your Superman outfit, but a posture change will change your body chemistry. Well, I want to tell you that preparing your testimony and beginning to look, to jump into the future and look back at what God's done with anticipation of the future and that it'll, it'll change your posture to a posture of praise. Instead of being slumped over, when, you know, when in your heart you're writing, God did this and God did this and then the devil tried to do that, but then God came through and he got me into my promised land and he did this. When your mindset begins to shift, something's gonna happen to your posture and you're gonna start to praise God for the miracle. You're going to start, to, it hasn't happened yet, but you're going to posture yourself with praise. Something's awesome about praise. This is the way God says it. Psalm 22 verse 3 tells us this, that he's enthroned in the praises of his people. Isaiah 61 verse 3 says, they put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. There is a spirit of heaviness that can get on us so easily. And Isaiah tell, and Jesus gets a spirit of praise on us. Psalm 32 verse 7 says, you're my hiding place. You surround me with songs of deliverance. 
So preparing your testimony gets you into a place where you'll start, God, I'm praising you for what you've happened, I'm pr- what you've done. I'm praising you for the breakthrough in my life. I love it. In Chronicles, it says that uh, Jehoshaphat sent his people out in front of an army in an impossible situation, and they began to sing and to praise. They didn't go out with weapons. They went out with a song of praise. Paul and Silas. Bible says at midnight, Paul and Silas, Silas after they'd been whipped and beaten and they were imprisoned, they began to sing and praise God and an earthquake came and set them free. When your posture shifts as a result of preparing your testimony to, from being slumped over, thinking, woe is me, nothing's going to change. When it shifts to this posture, the posture of praise, something's going to happen. God comes and he dwells in that praise. Daniel talked about filling our house with worship. There's, there's something so powerful when we go, God, I'm not feeling like it right now. But because I have an anticipation of what you're going to do, even though it looks impossible, because I have that anticipation, I am going to praise you, praise you for who you are, praise you for the past, but I'm going to praise you for my testimony before it happens. That is the language of faith. The third thing that happens when we prepare our testimony, when we get the language of faith on, is we get moving. We, the language of faith will get you moving. See, fear which is the spirit of the world right now, has a tendency to smother us. And it gets on us like a blanket. And it'll tend to, if you, you, if you think, oh, I can't see a way forward and, and I'm, I'm locked up with fear, and we mightn't even recognize it as fear. It's just this, oh, I'm overwhelmed. And I, I don't know if I'm going to get out of this. I don't know if things are ever going to get any better. That, that's, that's fear speaking. And what fear does is it paralyzes us. And so rather than be motivated to do something, we're like, oh, no, I'm not going to move forward. I'm just, I'm going to stop. When you begin to prepare your testimony and you get inside of your feeling of, that's right, God did save my son. God, God has turned this situation around. My business came through this dark period and, and we, we found new opportunities. When you get that mindset, then suddenly you're like, well, I'm going to actually take steps towards that testimony coming to pass because it gets a, it's a reality on the inside. I remember when we first decided to buy our first house. And it, it, it looked impossible. We, there, were, there was all sorts of reasons why we couldn't. And we just got some promises from God. And we began to look, look for uh, houses. And we wrote a list of what it would look like. And we put that list down alongside some scriptures that God gave us, these promises that God gave us. And, and I, I, we wrote it down. We want a four-bedroom house. We want a double lock-up garage. Uh, we'd love to have an ensuite. We'd love to have some space to move. We want it to be in the bedroom area. I mean, I remember one moment taking that list to a particular real estate agent saying we want single-level brick, double lock-up garage in bedroom. And he's like, I've got the perfect place for you. It's in Palmwoods. It's timber. It's a double-story place with a single garage. I'm like, dude. Can you listen to what I'm saying? Anyway, this, that's, I'm just triggered right there thinking about that. Anyway, the thing was, we had this list and we had the promises from God and we began to look and there's just no way it was going to happen. And we had agent after agent said, what you want for the price that you want in that area is not going to happen. We found one place and we signed a contract and then we did a building inspection and found that the foundation was faulty and it, there was a crack in the wall. And so it's 
back to the drawing board. And I, I found another place. I'm like, this is the place. God, we're going to buy this. And we submitted an offer. And I was convinced it was ours. I was, a, I was preparing my testimony. I was convinced it was ours. I mean, I, that, someone else signed a contract. I remember being there when, when, the, when the new people moved in, the removalist van moved in, and I was there watching, thinking, okay, it's not my house. It was another setback. But what I'd made a determination to do, because the testimony was in my heart, I remember praying the testimony. I remember practicing the testimony. I remember imagining sharing it. Because it was in my heart so much, I'm like, I went home disappointed, but the, dis- the, the disappointment washed off very quickly, and I got moving again because I had the testimony in my heart. And I know, and we went on, we ended up finding another two places. The real estate agent said, well, if you get that one, it's a minor miracle. But if you get that one, it's a major miracle. And we're like, well, that's the one we want. And that's the one we got. God gave us this house that was everything that we asked for. And it was a miraculous moment for Danielle and I as we got into our first house. And I want to encourage somebody today, write your testimony. Be specific. Prepare it. If it's, if it's impossible, it's okay. Just make sure you've got your promises going. Okay, I want to talk about four key aspects of your testimony. Just four simple things when you're preparing it and you're writing it down. This is what I want you to do. The first one is this. You've got to write down the facts. Faith doesn't ignore the facts. If you're in debt and things look impossible for you to, to buy a house or get out of debt, write that down. Write down the facts. If, if the doctor's report has said something about your condition and this is their diagnosis, write that down. That's the facts. Just don't, don't ignore the facts. Face the facts. Write it down. Don't pretend Goliath's not running out there in the field. Goliath's there. Write down. Describe your Goliath. Describe your giant. That's, that's part of faith, being able to stare at it. Then the next thing is, as you prepare your testimony, write down the promise. The facts are, but the truth is. The pain here is this, but the promise of God is this. And you write that. Then then as you write down the promise, write it down in color. Prayerfully say, Lord, what does that look like? When When that happens, what does it look like? That's why God's telling them when you're in the land flowing with milk and honey, it's very descriptive. When you're, when you're in this place that was once filled with giants and now you've got your first fruits, imagine yourself carrying them to the house of God. What does the promise look like for you? Imagine yourself standing up in front of church, giving your testimony about your unsaved family member coming to Christ. Imagine you might be brand new in your faith right now. And you're suffering from all sorts of emotional challenges. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's anxiety. Imagine yourself standing up and giving a testimony that Jesus Christ has set you free from anxiety. Jesus has set you free from depression. Jesus has set you free from being fearful of crowds. All sorts of things. You write your testimony down. And as, you write, as you, you're, you're imagining that in the promise, then, you're, then you can write down some of the setbacks and testing that you've experienced bought the house but it had a crack in it but it was just a setback we found this place but someone else bought it and they moved in that's that's the setbacks every every faith story will have some setbacks you know you're on the right journey if you have some set you have some setbacks but you come back to the promise and then the last thing is write down the miracle or the series of miracles so often when God moves for you it is a series of miracles it's one breakthrough and another breakthrough and they they build together and a snowball effect of faith is released i want to pray for you right now 
that the power of God will come and faith will be released and that we'll be able to move to that level of thinking that's God's level of thinking. We'll be able to speak the language of faith, the language that God speaks. Jesus talked to His disciples so much about this. He said, guys, come on, lift your faith. Ye of little faith. He chided them. There's, there's, a, there's a higher way of thinking and He wants you and I to think a higher way of thinking.